You're listening to the Whitewater Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater is doing, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org slash give. Let's dive into this week's message together. The best critique of the ugly and broken is the practice of the good and beautiful. I think this is an important concept for anybody who's on a journey toward faith kind of looking at the way of Jesus, looking at Christianity. I think it's also really important for people who are maybe going through a a journey that might be called deconstruction. I've heard some people say it like this, you go through a period of order, disorder, and then reorder. I think that was Richard Rohr who said that, or maybe a journey where it's, you're going from deconstruction toward reconstruction of your faith or how you look at Christianity. And I, I've always found that saying so helpful. The best critique of the ugly and broken is the practice of the good and beautiful. I want to tell you a parable that may help you on your journey of faith. This is called The Musician. A musician sat by the side of the road, strumming an instrument. A traveler walked by and noticed the instrument made no sound. I know why your instrument makes no music, said the traveler. Your strings are only tied at the top of your instrument. The other end is unstrung. The man clapped his hands with joy. Thank you. I knew something was wrong. Now I will fix the problem. The musician unstrung the strings at the top of the instrument, tied the strings at the bottom, and he began strumming again. The instrument made no sound. Later, the traveler walked by the musician again. He said, you have no tension on the strings, so you cannot play music. The musician said, I don't want tension or sound. I just want to play my instrument. Even if it makes no music, the traveler asked. The musician just smiled and strummed the instrument without a sound. The meaning of this parable is found in the musician playing the instrument without tension. Many people are like the musician playing the instrument of their lives without tension. They move from one extreme to another from one truth to another without the ability to hold tensions between two truths and between both maybe extremes. People who cannot live with tension struggle to mature in a way that holds mystery and tension and complexity creatively. They live in an either-or world with no room for the and. This truth or that truth, but never this truth and that truth, both existing with intention. Like a musician who can only have one side strung at a time, they can only accept extremes, truths without tension. And so their life is overly simplistic, immature, and without nuance. They try to play the strings, but the strings are without music. They cannot live in the tensions between the two truths. And so they move from one easy truth into another. I love this quote from Klein Snodgrass. Isn't that a great last name, Snodgrass? He says this, Christians have the responsibility of holding both extremes and the middle in their hands, and then of choosing how the tensions may be lived justly in each situation. The grace of God, which provides the coherence to our lives, is the power by which we live out our tensions. We live between two truths. How are you dealing with all the tensions in your life? Tension can be terrible, but tension can also be very transforming. Being able to hold tension between two truths or two, two things that seem different, but they're connected. And if we take away one, you actually take away the creative and complexity that makes life what it is. Life is full of tensions, whether we like it or not. It's kind of like if you had to choose between 
one truth or the other and never have tension. Kind of be like having to choose between having your right eye or your left eye. Well, you need both to have depth perception. And it's the same way in life with mystery and tension and complexity. I want to give you six key tensions, kind of like strings on a guitar, that we need to learn to be able to play in harmony. Now, these are just some tensions amongst many that we live in, but I I want to lay out a few that we see in the Bible and we see in the life and ministry of Jesus. So, the first tension is the tension between me and we. You know, this is the tension between personal rights and community responsibilities. Me without we kind of fuels oppressive individualism through selfishness, greed, consumerism, while we without me fuels oppressive communalism through squashing of personal will, freedom, unique calling and giftings. The tension of me and we maintains both personal rights and community responsibility. And we need to pay attention to both. And there's some cultures that are built more on uh, community responsibility. And there's some cultures like in America and in the West where cultures are built more on personal responsibility and freedom. But it's important to realize that there's a tension there that we have to manage. Here's the next tension, the tension of unity and diversity. Unity without diversity is sameness. It's monocultural. Diversity with no unity creates division and separation, uh, tribalism. Both imbalances lead to prideful feelings of superiority. The tension of diversity and unity held together binds us together with appreciation for our differences of class, culture, race, gender, giftings. It does this while recognizing our areas of disagreement at the same time. This allows space for personal conviction and compassion that are harmonized. The next tension is grace and truth. Grace without truth is enabling and and kind of feeble. Truth without grace is just mean sometimes. Grace and truth create clarity, growth, and maturity, and long-lasting relationships. Let me ask you a question. Are you a grace giver or a truth teller? And how do you hold the tension of being able to live with both worlds? How are you learning to live with the tension of both grace and truth? Here's the next tension, work and rest. Now, work without rest is dreary and destructive and really unhealthy. Rest without work can be kind of lazy and pointless or purposeless. Work and rest together create health and trust and purpose that you can enjoy with God and with others. And this tension is a struggle for many Americans because our work is where we find our significance. And the way our world works is we're rewarded for ignoring rest and just working ourselves into the ground. So how do we find a balance in our lives so that we can have significance, meaning, security, and joy? How are you handling this tension? The next tension is the tension between now and not yet, or the God's kingdom now and God's kingdom not yet. Seeing only now without looking into the future removes hope. Looking toward the future without the now becomes ungrounded and like a sense of never being present. People who live as if God's kingdom is totally now will overlook brokenness and pain and be overconfident in how they can maybe change culture. People who live their lives as if there is no kingdom now, but only in the future, will miss the goodness and beauty of the kingdom sprouting up all around them here and now. They'll underestimate the impact and influence the kingdom can have in healing our world and culture right now. So how do we learn to live in the messy middle? between the kingdom now and not yet. How are you living with that tension? Another tension is the tension between certainty and mystery. 
certainty without mystery can lead to total self-reliance and rationalism. And mystery without knowing anything is only fog and mist. When we hold certainty and mystery together, it keeps us more centered in faith. Like we have a, a central, we have central convictions while also having the ability to follow the Holy Spirit into the unknown and uncertain places of our spiritual journey. We can live with some mystery. How do you deal with uncertainty and mystery? Another tension is the tension between compassion and contemplation or prayer and action. See, compassion without contemplation is spiritually uninformed action. Contemplation without compassion is faith without impact or action. Compassion with contemplation is prayer that leads to action in the, in the name of Jesus. In our times, we need more leaders willing to balance prayer and action. See, when we get contemplation and compassion working together in an increasingly complex world, we'll be able to lead in the way that Jesus wants us to lead. How are you managing that tension? Now, as we've looked at some tensions, I think it's really important to ask, how can we learn to keep these strings in better tension to have better harmony with the music of the kingdom of God and so that we're actually playing some music and we're not just playing an instrument with no noise. One important way is that we always bend the tension toward Jesus. We learn from him how to hold these tensions. Let's look at a few of the tensions that Jesus handled in the New Testament. Here's one with grace and truth. There's a woman that was caught in adultery. Some religious leaders threw her down in front of Jesus and said she was caught in the middle of the sin, and according to the law, she should, be, uh, she should be killed. That's the just thing to do. And then Jesus said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he stooped down, wrote in the ground. And at this point, is at this point that those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there alone with him. Jesus straightened up and asked her woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, she said, no one has. And then listen to this. Jesus says, then neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. Ugh. So he's holding the tension of grace and truth. I, I don't condemn you. He gives grace, but leave your life of sin. There's truth and grace. Let's look at another moment with Jesus where he holds the tension between government and God. In Matthew 22, some leaders come to Jesus with kind of a trick question, and they basically say this to him. Does the law allow people to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Again, they're saying, do we give our allegiance to God or to Caesar? And it says in verse 18, knowing their evil motives, Jesus replied, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used to pay the tax. And they brought him a denarian. Whose image and inscription is on this? He asked. Caesar's, they replied. Then he said, well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. When they heard this, they were astonished and they departed. They didn't know what to say. Like Jesus had such a good way of navigating through the tensions of life. Here's another little one. In uh, Matthew 10, 16, Jesus says to his followers, be as wise as snakes and as harmless as doves. It's kind of weird. Those seem kind of contradictory. It seems like a tension point there. Be like a snake and a bird. And uh, some people are like, well, it should be one or the other. And snakes are very different than birds. And Jesus says, hey, you got to be a snake bird if you're following me. You need to be wise, shrewd, but you also need to be innocent, harmless as doves. And you need to be able to hold that tension. 
Your job is to work it out. My job is to work it out in our lives with our faith. Holding tension's hard. And as a dad, as a husband, as a pastor, I've got to hold a lot of tensions. Let me give you a few examples of some of the tensions I've been working through in the last season. During COVID-19, I've, I've been challenged to hold the tensions of having an extended family with very different convictions about the pandemic. As a pastor, I have a pastoral staff who, you know, hold different opinions and convictions, and I have to learn to hold those tensions and be appreciative of those different convictions and tensions. I'm leading a church with tensions between Republicans and Democrats and people's political perspectives and parties, and the tensions of holding my own opinions while putting other people's convictions ahead of my own, but at the same time following Jesus through the tensions. There's a lot of tension there. This can be really difficult, especially sometimes when I might personally disagree with other people. I still have to learn how to hold tensions so I can lead and serve and pastor very different people. You know, I've sat with people concerned that their civil liberties are being taken from them, and I've sat with people who've lost loved ones to COVID-19. As a growing and maturing leader, I must kind of learn how to balance the prophetic ministry of truth-telling with the pastoral ministry of grace-giving. And admittedly, I don't always get it right, but I'm learning and I'm trying to grow the best I can by God's grace to hold the tensions as best I can while standing on my own convictions with both love and truth. I love this quote from Charles Simeon, famous old pastor. Truth is not in the middle and in one extreme, but in both extremes. If extremes will please you, I'm your man, he says. Only remember, it is not one extreme that we are to go to, but both extremes. He's talking about holding this creative tension. Jesus teaches us to live wisely between tensions, between the ideal and the ordeal, between work and rest, between the individual and the community, me and we, between unity and diversity, between the present moment and our future hope, between earth now and heaven to come. Back to the parable of the musician. For strings to make sound, for music to play, you must have tension. Tension creates sound, creativity, beauty, and transformation. Tension requires wisdom. You can't just have an easy answer. Where do we play the notes and how much tension do we have to make the notes sound good? Too much tension and the string breaks. Too little and the string is lax and silent. When we mature, we learn to hold the tension and learn how to play it. The more tensions we learn to hold, the more we learn to harmonize with other strings, with other tensions. How are the strings of your life holding tension? And what kind of music are you playing? Are the strings of your life playing in harmony or dissonance with the way of Jesus? Faith which holds no mystery or paradox lacks depth and beauty. A faith without tension lacks creativity. And a faith with no complexity and nuance lacks truth, wisdom, and love. I want you guys to be able to hold the tensions of your life with grace and truth. And some people are going to hold differently than you, and we have to be able to hold that tension. Here are three questions for reflection. How do you live between the tensions? What tensions do you struggle holding most? And when can you tell the middle is right and the middle is wrong? Thanks for joining us this week. And I want to encourage you, if this was helpful for you, share it with a friend. Guys, I love you so much. See you next week. 
Thanks again for listening with us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Whitewater Church, reach out at info at whitewaterchurch.org or click contact in our show notes. And if you'd like to get involved in what Whitewater's doing to bless our communities, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org slash give. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.